good morning. Thank you for joining us here at First Church of Christ in Grayson. My name is Ben James. I'm the pastor here. And before we get into my message, a couple housekeeping items I want to take care of up front is we are still on plan for Sunday, June 7th, being our first in-person gathering. Uh, as we announced last week, if, um, if you have taken the, the survey, if you're a member or an attendee or this is the place that you call home, uh, we sent out a survey, and I'm, that's on the bottom of the screen here. Again, if you have not taken that, please go and do that. Let us know if you are or are not planning on returning to in-person services on that particular Sunday. Uh, and if you are, this also gives us a little bit more of an idea as to maybe a ballpark uh, number, what to expect on that particular Sunday at the different service times that we're going to be offering. Once again, we're still a couple weeks out from that, so as things have tended to change uh, almost on a daily basis through this time of this COVID-19 uh, outbreak. We will uh, continue to monitor closely uh, the numbers in our area, the way things are trending, and we will make adjustments to that date if necessary, as necessary. But if you could just help us out, uh, go fill that out if you have not done so already. Now, what you've seen so far from us, uh, from our technological standpoint, our capabilities, is we have recorded elements of these services and we've put them together. We've recorded them throughout the week. We've put them together and we view them and air them on Sunday mornings. Now, next week on the 31st, that will be a little bit different. We will still be live online, but we will actually be live online. We've received um, our new camera system. We've got the audio worked out with that. There will definitely be bugs to be worked out and some of the little kinks to be ironed out as we go, but we will be actually live the following Sunday, the 31st. What you will be seeing as far as the camera angle or camera angles on that day will be the thing that you will see once we return back to in-person services because we know that some of you aren't necessarily comfortable with returning on the 7th. Some of you are still at that at-risk category and you know just may want to give it a little while and we completely understand and 100% support that. So we wanted to give you a little bit of a taste up front of what our online presence is going to look like as we return to in-person services because we will still be going live each Sunday morning for those of you who aren't not necessarily comfortable with coming back just yet. So be aware of that. Uh, we're looking forward to that as we continue to step closer uh, to this reopening and getting back together person to person. Uh, we are just looking at these steps, evaluating, and sometime in the following weeks there will be a video announcement of exactly what we're planning to do, the steps that we're taking, and we're going to give you a little bit of a walkthrough as to some of the changes that were going to be made, some of the traffic flow and things of that nature to help us maybe to understand and be a little bit more prepared than what we would normally be for changes on that particular Sunday morning because there will be many changes that take place. But we also want to continue to ask you to be faithful in your giving during this time. You can go to fccgrayson.com backslash give, or you can mail your tithe and your offerings into 287 Pomeroy Street, Grayson, Kentucky, 41143. Again, thank you so much for your faithful giving. We ask that 
you give according to Scripture so that his kingdom work can continue to be done in our church and in the work that he has given to us here at FCC in Grayson. So if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of 1 Peter. We're going to be reading out of chapter 5, and we're going to be reading the first four verses. Verse 1 starts like this. The elders who are among you I exhort, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those who entrusted or who are entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Let's pray this morning. God, I am thankful once again to be able to minister your word, to speak from your word, to speak to your people. And God, I just pray that right now, through this time of isolation, through this time of quarantine, as we look to kind of step back out of that in so many different phases of our life, that God, that you would keep us focused and centered on you. During this time, God, in this message, I pray that you speak through me, Father, that you minister through my voice and allow your Holy Spirit to speak through me. I ask that you minister to hearts and minds this morning of the people who are watching, the people who are listening, that you would challenge them, you would comfort them, you would convict them, and that you would impart courage into their lives. Father, I just thank you again for your son. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So in this passage of Scripture, we see, first, we see Peter making this kind of a transition into the writings to he's winding down, he's getting ready to end the letter, and he begins to give a little bit of a charge to the elders, to the church leaders at this time. And there are three different Greek words in the New Testament uh, that, that's used here for this term elder. And it can be uh, you know, talked about in a couple different ways. He ref one of them refers to the leadership aspect or being leaders of the church. The others talk about being shepherds of the flock and guiding and guarding the flock. And the others talk about pastoring, uh, leading a congregation or leading a church, so to speak. And we see him kind of detail all three of these areas in this passage when he gives them instructions to shepherd the flock. He also gives them, uh, he challenges them and exhorts them to care for the flock and watch over them, tells them to be eager to serve and tells them to do it for the right motive, tells them don't do it for dishonest gain, do it willingly. Uh, he talks about not lording over uh, the people that you're leading. And then he, he says, be examples. So this morning, we're going to kind of go away a little bit. If I were to have to describe this, maybe this is just a little bit of family time here that we're going to have this morning at First Church. And, and I, I want us to really focus in, and, and, and I want our leadership, me as a pastor, us as an elder, I want us to have the heart for the congregation that the Bible calls for us to. And I want you all to hold us accountable to that. I want you to hold myself first and foremost accountable for the direction, for where we're going, for what we're doing, and, and also hold your elders accountable as well because we are leading this congregation. We are under shepherds to 
Jesus Christ, who is the shepherd of all the churches. But one of the things that we've wanted to do in this time, you know, we've walked through this book and we've kind of walked through it in an expository fashion of almost a verse by verse fashion. And today is going to be a little bit different. Um, and, and here's why, because throughout this time, once uh, this coronavirus and this COVID-19 outbreak hit, and it really started affecting not only our church, but our daily lives, one of the things that we wanted to make sure that we were doing is that we were being a voice of hope and that we were being a voice of comfort during this time. And, and, and I hope that we've done that in your life, that we've encouraged you, we've brought hope into your life, that we've brought comfort into your life, all the while continuing to challenge you to grow in your faith. And this morning, I want to introduce a word to you that's really kind of been stirring in my spirit for the past couple weeks, and that's the word cultivate. So through this time, myself as your pastor and the elders have cultivated, our goal has been to cultivate comfort, hope, encouragement, and challenge you. That's, that's the ground that we have felt led to cultivate in your life. Now, I kind of want to shift this just a little bit, and we're going to kind of, as we start to look to maybe reopen a little bit, I want to challenge you guys to start doing some cultivating in your own lives. So in these last two messages that we're going to have in 1 Peter, we're going to look today and then next week, I really want us to approach these with a theme of cultivating in your heart some things as we begin to look at this message today. Now, if you have your Bible still there with you, turn to the book of Hosea. Now, Hosea is an Old Testament prophet. He's listed as maybe one of the minor prophets, uh, not because his words were any less important than the quote-unquote major prophets, but it was just his, his letter, his writing, his record was a, was a little bit shorter than what you see in Ezekiel, Isaiah, and the like. But if you can go to the book of Hosea, chapter 10, verse 12. Now, just to give you a little bit of a history and a little bit of a background between Hosea, because those of you who are familiar with the themes of Hosea, we've just come off of me talking about how we wanted to cultivate hope and we wanted to cultivate comfort and challenge. And then you hear going to the book of Hosea. Wow. Okay. Yeah, we definitely are moving on here because Hosea is not really a, uh, a rah-rah, go get them kind of book. It is a book that's written and that's foretelling uh, of the nation of Israel, the northern king in particular, their doom and their downfall and their demise for the way that they have kind of approached their relationship with God. And Hosea was written primarily as a message of judgment to them. But there's also some other elements in this that, that kind of give a little bit of hope at the end. Now, this happens just prior to the, the northern kingdom of Israel, just prior to their fall to the Assyrians that you can read about in the Old Testament as well. And the three themes of Hosea, the whole book, is basically a story of God's faithfulness, God's mercy, and his love. It also has a theme in there about God's judgment for sin, and then also a charge for repentance and restoration. And what we have in chapter 10 is we really kind of have this in-between or this kind of transitioning period between God's judgment for sin and his charge of hope 
in restoration and repentance. So we're, we're kind of in a tension that, that provides both in this passage that we're going to read today. But Hosea chapter 10, verse 12 says this, Sow for yourself righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. So let's talk a little bit about this cultivation, about what goes on when you begin to cultivate land. Now, I am um, an amateur gardener. That's what I've got. I've got planters. I've got a planting box on my front. And I've got a uh, uh, kind of an elevated gardening box in my backyard. But whenever you begin to start looking at this gardening process or this farming process, one of the most difficult times is whenever you begin to cultivate the land in order to plant a harvest. So we see in this where he talks about sowing for yourself righteousness. Now we have this concept and this mindset that we don't really mind even the sowing process and we definitely don't mind the reaping process if we're reaping something that's of benefit to us. But one of the most challenging things, and we really don't have a good grasp of this because this time, our time in history has seen the advancement of technology and machinery, and that's made it really, I don't want to use the word simple because it's still incredibly hard work from a farming aspect, but when we look at the machinery that we have now with the tractors, the equipment in order to turn over the land, the majority of history doesn't have that. So sowing actually involved a lot harder work and much more backbreaking work and a lot more energy than just putting a seed into the ground. It, it talks a little bit later in here where it says that break up your fallowed ground. Now this, this term fallowed, that basically means unworked ground. And it can be very hard packed, very backbreaking, laborious work. So there's a sense here that God is telling the nation of Israel in this book of Hosea that he's saying that it's time for you to get to work. It's time for you to start sowing what you're supposed to be sowing, sowing in righteousness. But in order to do that, you're going to have to break up the hard-packed ground, the fallow ground in your lives and in your heart. And see, that's where we, in my opinion, that's where we have issues is because as long as we're sowing in ground, in, in earth, and in, in, in cultivating these things that are simple, we really don't have that much of a problem because maybe the ground's already been worked. Maybe it's already ready for us to plant the seed or to sow that into the ground. But when it becomes time for us to be the ones that are primarily responsible for breaking up the grounds, the hard-hearted, the hard-packed grounds, the fallow ground in our heart, it's much easier for us to throw our hands up in the air and walk away instead of actually doing the hard work and putting forth the effort and energy that's required for us to sow in righteousness. Now I can tell you even with just the little things that I've done this year to put out a little miniature garden took a lot more energy and effort than what I'm used to from that standpoint. 
Because typically I would just plant a few flowers here and there at the house. But now I've got zucchini, I've got squash, I've got some green beans, I've got tomatoes, I've got cucumbers, I've got all of these different things. And in order to have not only the room to plant those, but also to make sure that the ground was the most conducive for their growth, I had to put in several days of work. And seeing that was difficult because it was a lot easier for me to think, man, I could just go to the store. I could just go to our trips up there on the top. I could just go to the farmer's market somewhere and get this. But I wanted to make sure that we had this good, fresh vegetables at some point, hopefully this year. Hopefully I didn't mess it up too bad that nothing's going to grow. But you know, there was just this sense of effort and energy that had to go into it. So there's this sowing process that, you know, the, the scripture says that unless a man puts his hand to the plow, and if he looks back or if he longs not to be working, doing, and cultivating the things, then he's not fit for the kingdom of God. You see, guys, there are some things in our life that God wants to bring to pass but he is asking us to co-labor, to partner with him, to put on that yoke with Jesus Christ and to cultivate that land, cultivate that thing in your heart, cultivate those things that have maybe been lying dormant for so many years that you know, maybe you're, even your heart desires, but you've just not been willing to put forth the effort, make the sacrifices, or put in the work that you know that you're going to have to do to see it reap a harvest. Guys, I believe that now it's more important than ever before that we make sure that we are cultivating ground in our heart and in our lives so that Jesus can be seen more than ever before. Not only by our families, not only by our church family, but by a world that is asking so many questions, that's looking for hope in so many different places, and that we have the attention and the opportunity to show them a Savior. We have their attention like never before. But if we've not sowed in righteousness, then that's not what we're going to be able to offer them. He goes on here in this next section. He says, reap in mercy or reap love. Now, the, the, the Hebrew word for this is hesed. And that means, well, it, it's really, it's a simple word in the Hebrew. But for when you, transfer, uh, when you translate it into the English language, you have to use a multitude of words really to be able to capture what the meaning of it is. It can mean love. Kindness, loyalty, faithfulness, mercy, and goodness. And that's what he's commanding right here. God is saying that as a nation of Israel, what they needed to do was they needed to sow righteousness. But then they began to need to reap mercy. Because when, guys, when we sow righteousness into our lives, the righteousness of Jesus Christ, when we'll allow that cultivation to happen and when we'll put in that work and be determined to see it produce something, then when righteousness is sowed, then what we're going to see is love, kindness, loyalty, faithfulness, mercy, and goodness. And you know, this sounds an awful lot like maybe a song or a scripture that we used to sing in kids' church and maybe a really, really familiar passage of scripture to us, and that's in Galatians chapter 5. And if you'll turn there with me, we'll read that together. Galatians 
Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. So here we see in the Old Testament and the New Testament both, it talking about this concept of there being this bountiful harvest in the life of a believer when we will sow in righteousness. Now, Paul, who wrote Galatians here that we just read out of, he didn't necessarily call it sowing in righteousness. He, he referred to it more as sowing in the Spirit. In Galatians 6, Verses 8 and 9, he says, For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Mm. Think about that for just a minute. That not only did both talk about reaping this bountiful harvest of the Spirit, but both of them talked about the price and the effort and the energy that had to take place in order to reap the harvest that God wants in our lives. That that Spirit, God's Holy Spirit, that dwells within us, the fullness, guys, listen to me, the fullness of God dwells inside of us now listen i don't understand that that blows my mind if i'm being honest with you but the fullness of the spirit and the presence of god dwells inside of you and his fruit are things like love kindness loyalty faithfulness mercy goodness all of these things that's what you have the capability of producing in your life but you've got to make sure that you are denying the flesh that's the fallowed ground that's the fallow ground that's being talked about in Hosea. In the life of a New Testament believer, our fallow ground is our hearts. Is those areas of our life where we know that God needs to do something, wants to do something, has to do something, but we have not been willing to make the sacrifices or put in the work in order to see that seed be sown in our lives and actually produce a harvest. So, when it comes into this, you know, we're, we're eventually going to transition into spring. We're in late May, and I've been wearing um, clothes that I should have put up a long time ago, some of the winter clothes. But hopefully here soon, we're going to completely transition into the, the season of spring. And I think that's something that we have to be aware of as believers, because if we're going to go back to the farmer illustration, if we're going to look at that, the farmers are always aware of the time. Now, I'm not talking about the, the look on the wall, kind of figure out what time of day it is, but they pay attention to the weather. They pay attention to what's happening in, in the, in the uh, environment around them. And they know that, hey, this is the time that we need to be planting. Hey, this is the time that we need to refrain from planting because there's probably not going to be the best harvest if we do this. Now is the time that we need to continue to work. Now is the time, the, the, the best time for harvest, that if we don't do it now, then it's either we're going to, you know, we can't do it beforehand because that's going to pre be prematurely gathering this harvest and we're not going to get as much out of it as we could and if we wait too long then then we're going to lose some of it 
You see, be aware of the season that you're in. And God will let you know that. God, that God's Holy Spirit will lead you into knowing that. And when it's time to harvest, when it's time to push, when it's time to do these things. But here's one of the most difficult things for us. Even if we break up that fallow ground, let's say that we set and we make up our mind and we determine that we are going to break up the fallow ground and we do that and we follow through with it and we plant the seeds of righteousness. Great. The difficult part is not only the breaking up of the fallow ground, but it's the fact that this harvest requires work as you go along. It's not planting it into the ground and then poof, all of a sudden you don't have to do anything until the time of harvest. There has to be a constant maintenance of a garden. There has to be a constant maintenance of a crop. There has to be a constant maintenance in these things we're growing. Why? Because if we don't, they'll become overgrown. And the, 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 what we've planted, what we've sown, what we want to see come in our lives will get choked out by these weeds that, that grow in amongst them if we do not tend to the garden. If we do not continue to provide maintenance in our lives, if you just sit back and think, now I've planted the seeds, I don't have to pursue God. I don't have to pursue Him. I don't have to push harder into Him. I don't have to continue to read His Word. I don't continue to have to seek Him in prayer. I don't have to fast. I don't have to discipline myself. I don't have to give up these fleshly things. As Paul says, it, again, in verse 8 and 9, For he who sows to his flesh will reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will the Spirit reap everlasting life. In verse 9, And let us not grow weary while doing good. There is a, this is a reflection of a consistent action that we are doing good constantly. This is the maintenance thing. This is that ongoing action that we need to have in our life. And then he says, for in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. And finally, in Hosea, he says that he may come and reign upon you. Now listen, I've talked an awful lot about what our responsibilities of cultivating and sowing and reaping a harvest are here. And while those things are necessary, those things are part of our co-laboring and our working alongside with God, what we have to understand is it is God who gives the increase. It's not by the work of our hands, it's not by our labor, it's not by how good we do, but we need to continue in doing good. But we need to understand that it's God who sends the increase. It's God who sends the rain. We are partnering with him. We are not taking over for him. So in your life this morning, ask yourself, what are the fallow grounds in my life, in my heart, that I need to begin to break up? What, is, what, are, what are those areas that I have maybe for years started doing, but then quit when it got just a little bit too tough? when things weren't exactly going the way that I wanted them to, when, whenever there was some inconvenience, whenever there was a little bit of circumstantial trials, and maybe when there was a little bit of suffering, whenever things didn't go my way, I just threw my hands up and quit. What are those areas in your life this morning? We all have them. I have them. You have them. Anyone that you could, who calls on the name of the Lord, anybody who calls himself a Christian, trust me, we have those areas. So this morning, what are those areas in your life? What are those areas where, number one, you've not cultivated the ground? 
But also maybe you've not sown righteousness. You've sown other things. You've sown things that are maybe a little bit quicker to fulfill. Maybe sinful desires, maybe lusts of the flesh, maybe addictions, maybe gossip, maybe anything except the righteousness. What are those areas in your life that you're not seeing that love, that mercy, that goodness, that kindness, the loyalty, the faithfulness, that hesed love of Jesus Christ? What are those areas in your life? And then take a moment and ask God to help you in these areas. Because truth is, if we go back and we decide we're going to break up this fallow ground, we're going to start all this again, we're going to cultivate this, we're going to sow righteousness, we're going to reap the fruit of the Spirit, we're going to reap all of these things, but we don't depend on God. We don't keep our focus on Him through these times. Then we're working in vain. Maybe this morning you've never called on the name of Jesus. Maybe you've never asked him into your heart. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. Now is the time to do that. What you've been cultivating in your life, it, you may reap reward from that here in this life. But my friends, if we're not cultivating righteousness in this life, then the next life, our eternal life, we will not reap the reward of heaven with Jesus Christ. If you'd like to make a decision for Christ this morning, I just, please, the, the website is on the screen in front of you. Please reach out to us. That prayer request line on our webpage, please reach out to us. Put it in the comments below. Put it however you can. Get a hold of us. Let us know and make the very best decision that you've ever made in your life. Pray with me again. Father, thank you for this word. Thank you for bringing this to our attention, that, God, that there is fallow ground in our hearts and in our lives. God, help us to put our hand to the plow, to not look back, to continue to press forward, no matter how difficult the job becomes. God, I pray that you would strengthen us, that you would encourage us, energize us for this work. Father, allow us to keep our, our focus and our desire solely and completely on you. God, I love you. And I thank you again for your son. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.